Hey, hi everybody. Welcome to the uh, No Breaking Podcast. My name's Kyle Hyatt. With me here in his very own dining room, Mr. James J- McKeon. J- 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 Kyle, J- what are you doing? What? James McKeon. That's right. Jimmy McKeon, cub reporter. Correct. People have come to expect this. Yes. World's greatest living podcasters we established last week. The pair of us. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Winner of Western Australia's prestigious Spider Bitey Award. Yep. For podcasting. Yep. Uh, we're really excited to be here in James's dining room once mm-hmm. again. He's got this very nice table. So, I mean, it's not very, it's very rough hewn, you would say. But sitting at this table is one of our favorite people. Correct. Yeah. He, uh, he's a guy we've talked to before on that other program we did. The one that must not be named. Sure. Car Stories. And um, we had a really good time. So we, we thought, what the hell? Let's have this guy back. That's Chris Cannell. That's awful kind of you. Well, we, we try. <laughs> we tried. We tried so hard that this is the second time we're recording this intro. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> that's right. It's just as honest as the first one. <laughs> that's right. That's how, that's how we do it. Podcast verite, my friend. Um, yeah. So if you don't know who Chris is, you're kind of a dope but uh, he's the editor-in-chief for Motorcyclist Magazine. He has written for Road and & Track, and he's done work with Cycle World, and he's been all over everywhere and done everything. And he uh, he's a, a creator of many zany ideas, and he gets people to do wildly irresponsible things. Um, and we applaud him for that. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. That's sort of my bag. Yeah. I don't have many other bags, but talking good friends into doing really dumb things is sort of my thing. Yeah, no, that's that's. It, I would say that that is definitely what you uh, one of the many things for which you are known, uh, and I like that about you. It's pretty cool. Just recently, you talked me into uh, riding up uh, and subsequently down the third steepest street in Los Angeles because it was going to be a one way soon. Yeah, I'm pouring a beer out for Old Baxter Street. We did. We poured several out. <laughs> we at the, did. At the and you went and drove up and down it. <laughs> oh, no, we had, I had nine cups of coffee first while we were waiting for for uh, Evan Klein. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, Albie was there, of course, because he, you know, he's a fixture. Mm-hmm. He's a delight. We love him. He's a beacon because he's so tall. He's very tall. He is the tallest Indian man I've ever met, and I respect the hell out of him. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It was just uh, just got a Facebook invite. Chris is like, let's go celebrate Baxter. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm not I'm not doing anything else. Yes. So I got up at like eleven five o'clock in the morning. And we went to uh, Nick's Ham House and um, had a good time. For the, uh, this, since this is such a visual medium. Oh, sure. We'll, we'll tell our, our viewership what, uh, what Baxter Street is. Well, we can. I mean, I mentioned already, of course, that it's the third steepest street in Los Angeles. It's the third steepest street in Los Angeles, which puts it handily in the top 10 nationally. Yeah. It's steeper than any street you're going to find in San Francisco, which is wildly renowned for these steep streets. Because switchbacks are for suckers. This thing puts it to shame. Baxter Street is a giant... It's like a W. Imagine a uh, a, 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 a psychotic W, a very mm-hmm. steep W. And you've got Baxter it's Street. Like a, it's like a 33% grade. 33% grade. Yeah. And for uh, almost 100 years, it was just a street in L.A., and you would wander up and down this thing. If you try and hike it, your thighs are going to be burning. If you try and ride up it uh, in a car and you just turn into it. I've done this with my, my wife. She actually screamed. Okay. It's awesome. It's an awesome, awesome thing. I tried to uh, ride it with a buddy of mine in a Ural, uh, which is a a Russian. It's every bad idea that you've the put finest, together post-war. The finest you think of. Finest. It's, uh, it's a, a, a neat machine not fantastic at going up a paved 33% grade. The front end was off the entire time oh, yeah. we're going up this hill, and you've got to steer it on the throttle <laughs> because it's a sidecar, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a, a genuinely steep street. And because uh, people are jerks and they're not really engaged with the world that they're in, at some point, Waze decided that this Thanks, was a... Thanks, Waze. man. Waze decided that, uh, that that was Waze. the quick way through that neighborhood and so you started seeing all of these people on especially a foggy foggy slippery morning 
taking a, a left turn onto this very steep street and panicking and sliding down backwards or yeah. turning into somebody's there's lots of pictures of rolled cars there and it was just becoming a menace and don't forget the high centering don't forget it it's easy to yeah if you took a truck <laughs> up that thing it is absolutely not making it over the top we should just we should we should have uh attempted to put together some kind of uh, an invitational for Temecula bro dozers <laughs> Let's see who could who could most easily get high centered on Baxter Street. I think it would have been really great. It would have been beautiful, sure. But you know, Baxter's uh because of that because of that ways uh effect. Uh, Baxter's no longer it's still there, but it's no longer a, a long W. It's two. It's a pair of one way V's. I see. Yeah. And man, what a bummer! It is a bummer. But yeah, that is the steepest thing I've ever ridden. And then up. you rode up and down it, which I heard from Kyle, but I was very disappointed to hear that he did not wheelie up and down it, which I was really looking forward to. I was to surprised seeing. that Abby didn't, because Abby went to Wheelie University. I mean, he's a well-educated man. I am but, uh, you know, but a peon. You could have been his Padawan, though. I could have. I can't grow the, the rat tail. Well, That's the problem. maybe. You could still, it's a work in progress for you, Kyle. I went to Wheelie Community College. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah, I gotta learn. Eventually I'll learn. But probably later. It does look cool. It really does. It looks cool. It sounds cool too. That's the thing I think I like the best about it. Mm. Is the you know the because it's just I don't know something about it. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, anyway, so but yeah. More importantly, though, would you hop into a wheelie bin and go down it? Yeah, obviously. No questions asked. Nobody here knows what a wheelie bin is. Well, what would you call the recycling bins that we've got out back then that you put your stuff in on the street? A, you a wheeled, just did a wheeled it. trash can. Yeah. Or a recycling you just bin. Oh, a recycling, word. yeah. Yeah. It's you called just the recycling. But what happens if it's the grass bin then for your clippings from your gardeners? Well, then you have built-in the padding in the bottom. the green waste can. The green, but it's not a can. Sure is. It's not I'm a bin. I'm confuzzled now. Well, you know. <laughs> you crazy guys and your Americanisms. Sure. Well, you know. Uh, so, yeah, you, uh, as the editor-in-chief for Motorcyclist Magazine, a fine publication. Uh, and as uh, we, other people didn't hear because we had to redo it, uh, it is the oldest motorcycling publication in America, certainly, possibly the world. On Earth. On 1912. Earth. 1912. If I the number out of my head, I think 1912 would be the oh one. Oh, my God. James. Wow. Just, that, that is some insight. You, know, you must have done your research. I, Just, I, long and hard. That's that right. one, long and hard. <laughs> that's right. 1912. We go all the way back to 1912. I think we were Pacific motorcycling when we started. We've mm-hmm. gone through a couple of iterations, but I mean, you think about what this motorcycle magazine has had to accomplish, what's outlasted. Sure. The, you know, not just the motorcycles, but also the world wars, the, you know, the, the epidemics, uh, the changes in the economy. Uh, it's amazing to me that still in, you know, 2018, we've mm-hmm. still got a, a really fresh looking magazine Mm -hmm. it is an extremely nice publication it's one of a a few that i actually subscribe to with my own money i would say hard-earned dollars but you guys know what i do for a living so hardish yeah hard (laughs) firm firm earned dollars like (laughs) like flan it's like a flan sort of consistency for my work turgid dollars that's right (laughs) for my turgid dollars there we go i just don't want you to hand them to me after you've received them carl if they're turgid turgid and Mm. clammy Mm -hmm. yeah i don't call them them clams i don't want your damp dollars (laughs) that's the only way they come james i'm sorry uh yeah but uh it's a beautiful magazine and it's the you took over shortly after the the first or second issue the the redesign happened and since then you've kind of helped to steer it into this not tradition it's it's a, definitely a non-traditional publication in the motorcycle space because you do all this really interesting and incredible like lifestyle content as well as these sort of design studies and and those kinds of things in and you're pulling in also talent from from places that other people, you know, like again, non traditional spaces. So you have guys like Sam Smith, who's a fantastic car rider, and he's an automotive or a motorcycle enthusiast. But like, I don't think he'd done a ton of professional bike riding before. You know, you had him, had him do stuff. Like, what has been your, I don't know, your your kind of modus operandi for for going this route with this publication because. I'm sure it wasn't without controversy because old people. Well, I like to screw around. Oh, listen. Okay, that's fair. That's, we, that's, all right, that was the answer to that question. <laughs> I, all right, so the the traditional demographic for uh, for motorcycles, right? I mean, I, I think Harley's uh, recently come out and, and made a really strong uh, push and talked publicly about this. But 
motorcyclists cater to 35 to 60 year old white men Mm -hmm. and 35 to 60 year old white men as one of those people recently i'm 35 now uh, i I feel like we have hey boy uh we've had a magazine for a long time we've got lots of magazine choices magazines that are targeted directly at us and at our Mm -hmm. wallets and our spending dollars and uh i think we know what that magazine looks like at this point the uh the other side of that is that we haven't been especially inclusive yeah, motorcycle magazines haven't been really great at bringing people in. If they were, we'd be able to look around in Los Angeles, one of the most diverse cities on earth, and find a bunch of people that didn't look like 35 to 65-year-old white guys riding motorcycles. Sure. And sure. that just isn't a thing. And that bums me out to no end. So I want to have a magazine not targeted at everybody else. Mm-hmm. I want to have a magazine that's for everybody else, for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. I I like thirty five to sixty year old five year old white guys. I would love to be an old white guy. Like someday. James too. Yeah, yeah, like James too. Mm-hmm. But we like we we know like we know what that looks like. I want to see what everything else in the world is. I want a lot of participation from everybody in the world in this magazine, and uh, and I think if you start there and see what that looks like, you start seeing a bunch of stories that don't look like comparison tests that yeah. don't look like. Uh, you know, kind of a navel gazing at what once was with two stroke GP bikes. We all love that shit. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think everybody can get excited about old motorcycles. I think everybody can get excited about the machinery aspect of it. But we have to invent new stories. We really do. You know, otherwise we're just trapped in the same old loop. We have to invent stuff. And and uh, maybe that means lighting some older conventions on fire. And sure. maybe it takes the oldest motorcycle magazine in the world to to do that sure tear up the rule book yeah, a little bit yeah. set it on fire pour the petrol in it and dance on it you're making it sound really sexy and i'm not sure it's that sexy well having, i look, I look i'm it. looking at the covers right here they're pretty sexy covers you, well we got uh yeah so we've got uh i mean there's definitely fuchsia on one of the covers that i'm looking at now in several places so that's, that's fuchsia a, maybe a, a deeply sexy color as we all know magenta tone mm-hmm. oh yeah uh yeah so we uh so the cover that kyle is talking about again this is such a visual medium is uh has the uh husqvarna uh vitpolon 701 on it which i think is a phenomenal oh yeah phenomenal thing i still haven't ridden it but i've ridden the smaller ones and yeah i mean it's just deeply appealing to me uh, on every level as a guy who appreciates design as a guy Mm -hmm. who appreciates uh performance it's it's everything i want yeah for sure uh, yeah that's what we want on the cover and we shot it in los angeles in a kind of scummy uh neighborhood just off sunset and uh and it looks like it that's what we're looking for you know, we we want to put everything in its place we want to have context for motorcycles i think motorcycles are incredible machines and they're uh really closely connected with things that appeal deeply to a lot of people mm-hmm. uh there's a sense of independence there because you know it's not it's not great for two people it's no. really just for you it's a selfish act and if you look at motorcycles as a selfish act and uh and you chase that yeah you might might find something good yeah yeah it's it's it is interesting there's um like for me personally as somebody that's relatively new to motorcycling i kind of don't care about you know how much power the new r1 makes and like yeah. how fast a lap it set around coda or something Same. i i don't care about race results really i i like i like I like riding motorcycles and I like the culture because the people involved in motorcycling have been honestly some of the most like welcoming, interesting, like fun people. And they're so, uh, you know, evangelical with that too. And I think that the magazine is, is now kind of a, a much more accurate reflection of that. And like, that's why I, you know, actually subscribed, which is who does that anymore? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you guys are doing an amazing job. And it was an outstanding magazine before. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Fun. I mean, it, you know, I, I inherited this redesign. Yeah. I, I, I didn't captain this. Somebody thought long and hard. I can I could, you know, sit down over a beer and tell you every single name that worked on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of people worked long and hard to push it. And, you know, I, what I get to do and I'm really excited to do is bring a bunch of friends along, you know, guys that have worked on other really big and important magazine projects and writing projects you know if if you look at the masthead uh two issues back i i had a i had to start taking out 
New York Times credits and the contrib's page because every <laughs> single contributor that I had had worked for the New York Times. Sure, and I think that's bitching. Yeah, yes. you don't usually get that in a motorcycle magazine. No, sure. So that that felt really fortunate to me. And we're just going to keep on doing that kind of thing. Just keep poking the bear. Mm-hmm. And if you if you get to poke the bear with really talented writers, really talented designers, and our design team is outstanding. Yeah, uh, really talented photographers. We're uh, we're going to come out okay. I think we'll still be here in a couple of years. Yeah, that's the goal for every magazine right now, right? Yeah, I think it was interesting too. And I mean, obviously, I don't know the backstory behind this, and you, you know, I'm sure can't expound on it too much. Uh, getting. So I, I subscribed to Motorcyclist and Psycho World at the same time because, you know, they did one of the things where, hey, subscribe to this. If you subscribe to this other one, it's like $6. So you should probably. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I did. And then, like, I get one of, like, the kind of the, the sort of classic-y looking Psycho Worlds with the, you know, shiny cover that's, like, you know, not very thick and the whole thing. And then, like, the the, the next thing after that is this whole big, thick book with this thick beautiful matte you know paper on the cover and it starts to look like motorcyclists and it was very confusing for me like how is that kind of how how are those two what you mean good yeah you were confused because it was good yes how are how do you but but i think like there, there's crossover now in in kind of what you guys are doing how is that being managed sort of under because you guys are all under one roof. and i'll you just cover carl's backside of this and say it was also good before it became new good it was okay yeah. it was all right I like I've got I got back I got back issues you know it's it was fine it was it was that very sort of traditional thing where it's like it's numbers and new bike reviews and mm-hmm. comparisons and that kind of stuff and there's definitely an audience for that kind of thing and I'm not that audience and if they hadn't given it to me for six dollars for like two years I probably wouldn't have subscribed to it but yeah I mean how but now it is very good so how, how do yeah how does that kind of how do you guys coexist under that same roof with that kind of crossover i mean for me it's a it's an easy distinction and mm-hmm. it shows in every story you read in there of course there's going to be a little bit of crossover but functionally we're about motorcycling and they're about motorcycles mm-hmm. you know, well, they, well they, there you go yeah right i mean yeah. it's as simple as that if you pick up a cycle world you're going to read a lot about motorcycles you'll have the complete comparison test you'll have all the data and all the numbers that's still there you get Kevin Cameron stories, which you won't see in Motorcyclist. Mm-hmm. And I adore Kevin Cameron. I think mm-hmm. that guy's one of the most fascinating humans on the planet. And if you ever get a chance, go and look at his videos on YouTube. It's like watching the Tootsie Roll Owl explain oh, yeah. I've seen a few, yeah. valve lift. And it's just the, oh, God, I love it so much. Uh, so anyway, you know, you, you've got, to me, that's distinct enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can talk about things that their, uh, readership just would not get at all. In this last issue, we sent, uh, two of my favorite writers on the planet, uh, Sam Smith and Zach Bowman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took a mini bike racing and got them stoned out of their gourds. Both questionable adults, despite, despite the fact that they both have children and families and things like that. They're both... I would call them close to perfect adults. It's, I guess it depends on what your qualifiers are, but yeah, you could you could definitely make a case for malleable. Either way. Sure, <laughs> malleable sure. is my is my case for their adulthood. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, these are two talented, uh, enthusiastic writers. One of whom had more experience with weed than the other, and I'll leave you to your guessing or reading the story. Sure. <laughs> Spoiler alert: one of them lives in Seattle, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I, it answered a question that I think needs asking, especially now. It's something that probably should have been asked years ago. And we, in fact, we based the story on a, a motorcyclist story from decades ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of legendary guys, uh, one of whom runs, uh, you know, a PR for uh, an American racing series. Another has a riding school all to himself. Both uh, motorcyclist alums uh, got together and got uh, drunk as skunks and rode motorcycles. We just did the same thing with weed. And, uh, and I, th- I think the results were really fascinating. Yeah, it was really surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, and, as somebody that doesn't have a ton of experience with that, like, and, and just generally feeling completely useless anytime I have done it, like, the the ability to function kind of thing was fascinating. Yeah, I'm not a weed guy. Uh, so I, I came into this thing expecting these guys to be falling off motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think most people probably would, unless you're a big weed aficionado. Uh, but they didn't. You know, there there were no after a day of hard riding and a just an extraordinary amount of weed. Uh, <laughs> nobody fell off bikes. And Taco Bell, weed and Taco Bell is an important. See, that'd be the worst one I think for me. Weed the and Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. They were so happy about the Taco Bell. 
Yeah. It was actually, I mean, to the point where that, I mean, it was the lead of the story. I have <laughs> never seen more people more excited about Taco Bell. I mean, my wife is always excited about Taco Bell. This is, this is, I mean, I, 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 met don't, I don't think my wife's excited in the way these two boys were. Let's put it that they way. They were so excited. <laughs> they just like the eyes rolled up in the head. Expression got kind of soft. All the wrinkles disappeared from their skin. Their bodies slumped into camp chairs. And, uh, and then after smoking weed for hours and eating Taco Bell, their time started to slowly creep up. <laughs> they started to improve somehow. And I think the Taco Bell was the, the gift the that they needed. That's right. Fourth meals, secret to lower lap times. <laughs> Listen up, uh, Marquez. Or yeah. Whomever. I mean, it really, let's be honest. I mean, it, you know, we did it in fun and we actually learned something, which I think is important. And the thing that we learned is that, you know, we, we regulate the bejesus out of marijuana and it's a much less dangerous thing. Not to say it's not dangerous. We would never endorse it. I think it's a very stupid thing to do right? to get any kind of high and get on a, a piece of anything, any kind of machine. But if you were to spend especially a steamroller especially a steamroller i mean it's happened in the past let's be honest it has happened in the <laughs> there's past. a reason you've had to flee from country to country well That's... as you'll notice at the back of my window here it is looking awfully smooth out there at the moment That's right. i just had to go out last night with the old steamroller and uh, after a few doobies it's looking a lot better <laughs> Got out there i crushed a few um uh, uh you know put uh, some rebar down it was all good to go yep that's right crushed, crushed, a, crushed a few drifters with your mm, steamroller that's right the Boy. point is and it's a good one i think is that you know we regulate the hell out of weed and uh at least if we were out drinking for mm. eight hours straight which we did on this this that's what we did that was basically our our mechanism uh if we had been drinking that long you would have had people in the hospital and oh, yeah. these guys could not have got more stoned they were like right they were at the threshold for hours and they just kept riding motorcycles badly at infinitum yeah yeah so it's neat and you should read it because it's also it's very funny it yeah is very i funny. mean I, like it is a funny article let's put it that way yes yeah, it's, it's well written and beautifully photographed shout out evan yeah evan who came up baxter with us yeah in his poor Alfa Romeo that definitely, definitely has some oil control problems now, if not before. Poor thing. It's a sweet car. Yeah, it's really Just like Evan, sweet guy. <laughs> he is, yeah. With a little bit of a control problem. Sure. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Evan, we need Evan's to Because he's obviously listening. Oh, of course. This is his favorite podcast. We know this for a fact. Have you had him on? Uh, we had him on the other podcast. The other podcast. The one that cannot be named. Evan is yeah. uh, fantastic. He is that guy, so high energy. He is. He's got a lot of energy. Let me tell you about that guy. Uh, Evan and uh, Peter Egan, a guy named Robin Warner, and I were on a photo shoot years and years ago up in Ohio. We talked about Ohio a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Robin Warner fell off a bridge. Have huh. you heard this story? I know, but please, Robin Warner fell off a bridge somehow, forty feet into a stream bed. Uh, and we went looking for him. We had a Dodge Viper and a Mercedes and we were comparing the two and, uh, Robin had the key with him. Oh boy. And so we go, you know, we're like, Hey Robin, where are you? Where are you? And we go looking around for him and we can't find him. And, uh, and so we get a little, you know, I, I don't, you know, nobody expects any of their friends to get eaten by a bear. Right. Yeah. But you know, like that crossed our mind. Like, you know, a, a guy wouldn't, even if he was out in the woods doing things you do in the woods, you, sure. you wouldn't like the Pope. Like the Pope, you wouldn't not say like, hey, I'm out here. Sure. You'd be like, hey, don't come out here, right? Yeah. So we got worried about Robin. It turns out he'd fallen, he'd hit his head on a rock and uh, wound up on his back with just his face sticking out of a stream. Wow. Peter Egan uh, heard him like, you know, basically choking on his own blood, ran down a cliff. I'm not joking. And Peter Egan is, you know, he's a spry fella, but he's not a young fella. Right. Runs down also, this. Also, I'm about to interject here. Peter Egan, Nigel McCann's favorite. I want to put it out there. It's very good. Yeah. It's very good. One of my favorites, too. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, lifts Robin Warner out of the stream and starts to carry him to the stream bed. Uh, we go over and start giving him first aid. Uh, the, uh, Evan's assistant, I feel bad not remembering his name, but he was a Coast Guard guy. I was a lifeguard when I was a kid, so mm -hmm. he was in reasonably good hands. Evan sets the fastest Highway 33 time to cell phone signal. So he jumps into a van 
and tears off. No need for the Viper or the Mercedes here. The van is obviously he the got, one of choice. I don't know why. Well, Robin had the key to the Viper, I guess. <laughs> so he, uh, yeah. So, you know, this is, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm being kind of flip about it. This is a big deal. Sure, of course. Robin uh, was in a coma. So he yeah. cracked his head pretty good. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was one of the more extraordinary things I've ever seen. And uh, there is at least one Auto Week staffer that owes, uh, owes Evan beer for life. That's a good. Uh, I do too. That's an excellent story. Yeah. Oh, also, oh, Evan did good. He's he did, might have a lot of energy, but he's he's cool in a crisis. It's well. There's that. Thank God. He also. <laughs> it's probably where he gets to control things from. That's right. He also rescues uh, wildlife. Bless his tiny heart. Oh man, the cutest squirrel, Scotty the squirrel. Oh yeah, yeah. Evan my, Klein had a. Uh, had my a, mother is currently freaking the fuck out. <laughs> language, Kyle. About language. Scotty the squirrel. She is so excited. So old Scotty, Scotty was a uh, an infant squirrel that fell out of a tree into Evan's uh, life, and Evan nurtured him back into a, uh, a fit, fit and feisty piece of wildlife, mm. and uh, and released him to the local tree, and now that squirrel's off making little squirrels. Fantastic! It's, yeah. it's a beautiful story. He's a wonderful man. <laughs> he, he really is. is. <laughs> he is very nice. We we like Evan. And he drives an Alfa Romeo mm-hmm. every day. Yeah, it's and not to like. It's true. It's impressive. It is. How are you boys doing? You know, we're thriving. Yeah, you've been. You've had an interesting week, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I've had an interesting few weeks. It's it's been peaks and valleys, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean this 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 weekend, Kyle has to do the worst thing ever. Oh, it's he gonna has be to brutal. go on an all expenses paid trip to Montreal to watch Formula One cars drive around a racetrack and then he even gets to sit in as a passenger and get shuttled around the racetrack at a high speed and that's possibly the worst thing you could ever do what are you getting hustled in mclaren by very probably a formula one driver though i'm not sure which Shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, guys, it's not. It's, it's a hard life. We've all done it. We've all done it. I don't want to. It's not, not gonna... a life that everybody's fit for. You know, it's you got to. There's a lot of sacrifice involved. I got Speaking of fitting, though. Yeah. You're a big man. Yeah. You're tall. And, yeah. And and a helmet. Beamy. That's the that's the trick is always is fitting in it with a helmet. But yeah. I think most most McLarens have glass roofs. I should be OK. Yeah. All right. I think at that point you sort of make yourself fit as well. Yeah, I've done oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> no, can I've... you get it here? Yes, yes, I can <laughs> yeah. easily. Watch. Yeah, hold my beer. Watch this. Yeah. So I presume you've jumped into a McLaren before. I have not actually. It's my first. Oh, all right. This is going to be exciting. It will be because they are like a, you know I'm I'm short of torso and long of leg and yeah. I fit. Uh, just yeah. In the last one that I was in, I, yeah, I, which I one was that that you were in play. last? Yeah. I think it was a 675 LT. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I've got a, a weirdly long inseam. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, finding a position that's comfortable for me, totally doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, knees were bumping into shit. Oh, yeah. See, I have the other... So, I'm longer of torso and shorter of leg. So, when I... Like, for example, I had a, a Miata press car. I fit in that. Yeah. Top down, top up is fine. Whatever. Well, there's unlimited room up top, so you're totally Well, even with the, with the top up, it's fine. But, yeah. So, with... But my wife, who is six one, she has longer legs than I do. She would just flat out not fit in the Miata. It just didn't work. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I'm willing to do. Pretty stoked for you. I'm pretty stoked too. Let me tell you. I'm ya. just pretty jealous. Let's be honest there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you get a Toyota Mirai, so there's that. You get to experience hybrid fuel cell technology. Well, that is that is true. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so yeah, I've never been to Montreal. Very excited about that. Wonderful city. And uh, I've never been to a Formula One race. It's going to be pretty, pretty good. Not my preferred series. I'm actually pretty excited for the, um, the, uh, the, the Porsche Cup stuff. Um, the undercard races should be very, very uh, yeah. exciting because I love, I love GT Kyle racing. Hyatt, the only person to go to a Formula One race is like, you know what? I'm really into this F1 stuff, but that Porsche race. And well, I, I think yeah. going to, based on my in-depth research, going to Circuit Gilles Villeneuve is is going to be good because unlike some place like Monaco there's a lot of like passing it's a it's a low drag or a low um high speed low drag kind of a circuit so they're able to get closer and kind of there's a lot of opportunities for passing so that's all I really want to see in a race and and this is would be a good circuit for that See apparently. but if you've gone to Monaco though you could have rubbed that horse's leg you could have dined could at have. a principality it could, could have, have been in the harbor you could have gone to the aquarium I could have found uh, some kind of uh, an Arab sheik and um, taken up residence on their super yacht. I feel like I could I could have insinuated myself into that situation. I think you'd fit right in, Cal. The yeah. costs are too high. Yeah. 
well, you know, it's a young man's game, and I'm I'm not quite 35 yet. So there you go. See, he's got some years in him yet. That's right. But yeah. So anyway, so that's uh, that's going on. I'm, I'm I'm super duper excited to be. It'll be really good. You know what I'm super duper excited for racing wise, mm-hmm. and I I hope both of you attend is a uh, World Superbike. Oh, I didn't. When is that going on? It's uh this soon. Well then, <laughs> this my, soon. Wait, it's always a good one. Yeah. Wait, 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 is, wait, it, uh, is it the Upper Laguna? Yeah, yeah. Oh, which is that. why. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, which yeah. is why. I mean, that's going to be yeah. End of the month, I think. Okay. Yeah, I will have a uh, freshly minted child. Oh, here's hoping. Yeah. Uh, well, but I'm absolutely going to escape. ready for earplugs. Yep. Yeah. I'm ready for the track. She won't be there. Just throw her in the baby Bjorn. Hop on the uh, hop on the bike and I'll go. Throw in the Ural, the sidecar. There you that's go. Right. Perfect. Like Made a dream. for children. Fits like a glove. How, how many generations of Siberian children were schlepped about in Urals? That's right. Not many. Yeah. Because <laughs> be fair, didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. I, I I give the Ural a hard time. They are extraordinary. There's there's so it's one of those things where it's like, it's so cool. It's so so cool. objectively terrible in so many ways. I had this thought going up Baxter in the Ural. I was like, you know, there is a thing for sale in America that cannot go up a road in America. Mm-hmm. How many things like that are there? You, know, you you can go and find the very worst car in the world, in in the world. And it will go up Baxter. Well, yes, but then the problem is that you've got the person behind the wheel trying to go up the Baxter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think uh, on the flip side of that, it's really a testament to pre-war German engineering because it doesn't change that much since Ooh. the 1930s. So good job, guys. Yeah. Really. Well done. Really crushed it. Knocked yeah. it out of the park. Yeah. Almost as long as Motorcyclist Magazine. Yeah, that's true. Wait, so, uh, what year did Harley Davidson, is that, that was right around the same time, was it? Uh, yeah, Harley and Indian are both the the early. But Indian doesn't count because it's like come and gone a bunch of times. Well, I don't I don't agree. I mean, they yeah, the bikes that they made were revolutionary. They were really they were really good. No, I love yeah. classic Indian. I'm just yeah. saying. In so you know, I, continuous operation. Yeah, continuous you know. operation. Fair. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sure we had a couple of breaks here and there. As yeah. you know. Things 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 happen, Kyle. It's true. Let's let's look at what we got now. We've got yes. Let's look at the good side, Kyle. Yeah, somebody called Archduke Franz Ferdinand had to get killed by the Black Hand. Yeah, something. Yeah, my World War One history is not as good as my World War Two history. I'm going to be honest. So we uh, uh we we spent a little bit of time in italy for our italian issue like you might imagine yeah no I, that's uh that's that's clever that you managed to pair those two together for an italian issue and being in italy we yeah, did with aprilius we actually did yeah yeah we yeah we took aprilius to, to northern italy it's pretty good picked them up at the factory uh but we also rode them up to uh uh Kenitzai, which is uh you know, f- like far north, uh, Tyrolean Alps, mm-hmm. and uh, and up there they have the passes that the uh, Italians and the Austrians and everybody were fighting in. Mm-hmm. That is some wild, wild history. If you ever get a chance, oh, wow. basically they were tunneling under each other and blowing each other up in the dead of winter. That's a really good idea. I mean, really if we had nothing else to do, fun times, man. And you look at it, and you're just you just think. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. is the most horrible way to fight a war. Oh, yeah. in the if Alps. Someone said to you, so we will pay you money to go in the cold. Not a lot. Not much money Just at all. A in little. fact, we'll probably drag you there, and you've got to go down a really small, dark hole, and then blow someone up. At the same time, they'll have someone coming from the other side trying to go underneath your hole to blow you up. And you're like, yes. Part of the job interview Sign is, me up. do you know what a sapper is or does? No. Perfect. You're in. Yeah. It's really, it was like spy versus spy, mm-hmm. but mu- like real and very depressing. Yeah. That sounds accurate. And it's in the most beautiful place you'll, you'll go. Yeah. It's Northern Italy's. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing that is not related to any of that, that, that I found out uh, the other day is that there is this, this is a, a tangent, so please bear with me. Uh, there's a new like this company in, in England that is coming up with a, a new way to address places. So rather than using GPS coordinates or like one, two, three, four, five main street, you know, apartment one, 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 so on. They're using three accommodations of three words to, to, and they've broken the entire world down into three meter by three meters, uh, grid squares. And they're each individual grid square gets its own, 
unique three-word code. And uh, I, it's, I was freaking out. Like, it's such a cool idea. Like, and, and they've, they, so the, what, they, what they've done, too, is so the the dictionary of words that, that can be used to create these addresses is about 40,000 words. And the, uh, the words are translated, they're translatable across different languages, of course, but the words don't get reused. Like it's yeah. Unbelievable. So Jaguar Land Rover, the reason I found out about this, they, um, they, there's this little Island off the coast of Scotland called mole and it's just beautiful absolutely wonderful looking place I'm sure wings mentioned that at some point i'm sure they do why not uh love take me down to the streets is that a little wing song <laughs> um they uh anyway so the, the, a lot of places on the island they, they they're these like weird ancient houses that people still live in and but they're so isolated and that that they don't they don't have an address and they share postcodes so getting emergency services if somebody like you know for example falls off of the ladder while they're trying to you know clean. adjust the aerial for television reception naturally yeah of course <laughs> happens they've, all the time they're they're a few you know they're a few scotches deep and they've they they need to adjust the aerial to catch the football game mm-hmm. uh they've fallen that you know that like there's no way to to really accurately pinpoint and, and and so the this company called what three words um worked with jaguar land rover to give everybody on this island a three-word uh, address and then they like went out and delivered them on little wooden plaques to put up you know God, on their property so english yeah that's it's pretty so english. english but the idea behind this like three word address thing is so interesting so the like the, the grid squares that are located in like populated areas like metropolitan areas are use they use shorter simpler words and then once you get further out into the wilderness where there's less people they use kind of longer more complicated words to sort of make it easier to get it's such a cool idea so what we need to do because we've got an english person right. here is to have him make up some names for these houses That's so right. say uh you know formerly 416 something heath would now be christmas tree house yeah there you go red sweater man's yard exactly makes total sense yeah orange so, chair table right so i think i, I looked up I looked up my address with that. The only problem that I can see oh. is that they don't have, they don't appear to have a way to deal with like multi-story buildings. So <laughs> bit of an oversight. Well, if you live in like mole, and the, the, you know, the coast off the coast of Scotland, kind of a non-issue, but like, uh, yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's like, um, it's like, it's like actor ballot something. I don't know. Like it, it was my three word address. And it, was, it was so, such an interesting idea though like to, to 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 come up with like to completely rethink the idea of an address how you know you... the military did that i did not know that and we wind up with these code names that sound dumb mm-hmm. iraqi freedom oh yeah whiskey tango foxtrot but kyle when you put that on your business card wouldn't they just see that was something else that you do apart from being a raconteur? <laughs> That's true. They think, yeah, they think this guy is not only is he a raconteur, a bon vivant, and a futurist. He is a, uh, you know, uh, uh ballot peanut butter cat foot yeah, raccoon there you go. sniffle pants. That's there right. You go. See, they were like, "That's quite a eclectic." And if you live on the second talents. floor, you're probably raccoon sniffle pants too. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. See. Anyway, so that's, so that's my weird map tangent. I just wanted to talk to somebody about it because I was freaking out all week, and it was awesome. Well, if you want to hear more about Kyle's weird map tangents, you can please let us know in the uh, comments. We really appreciate that. James will be sure to answer all of your questions. <laughs> all of them. That. I'll, give, all I'll of them. give him a data sheet. It'll be great. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be out riding motorcycles. I'll so, catch you later, we, boys. There yeah. we go. So speaking of riding motorcycles, what have you been riding lately that uh, that has been tickling your fancy? Oh man, everything. Well, there's no bad motorcycles, really. Mm. That's the that's the best part of motorcycles. Is uh, there bad old motorcycles? No, still no. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the very worst thing. I, I've got an image in my mind of a bike, and I won't name it. But even then, it's thrilling because of its it's it's yeah. sketchiness kind of thing. Yeah, and the you know the sketchiest of old motorcycles is uh is still pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the uh, for me, handily the hairiest thing I've ever done uh was get on a uh speedway bike, and you've you've seen that. You're, oh, James is a big speedway fan. Actually, I'm a oh, big yeah. big speedway. You know, we're fan. missing it tonight. 
We could be, it's Wednesday night. Wednesday night in Southern California is Speedway night. You can go out to Industry Speedway. But we've and pay played ourselves. Next to nothing and uh, have a burrito and watch legit, fantastic Speedway racing. Yes. So you sit with a taco and a beer and watch guys race their asses off. It is the best thing in the world. And how do they stop those bikes? Yeah. Are you asking me, or are you asking generally? Just in general. You I know, mean, you know the answer. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you basically just let the thing putter out against compression. Yeah. If you're doing it right. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There's no brakes. There's no transmission. And it's a direct drive as a Formula One car. Handily, yeah. For the first, you know, fifteen feet to fifty miles an hour, I believe the statistic. Yeah, is. they're brilliant. Oh, you actually are a Speedway fan. Yeah. No, me and Greg Hancock. Oh. Love the that man, guy. right? So I rode his bike. Yeah. It scared the daylights out of me. I felt the entire time like I was seconds away from being Wiley Coyote through the giant, super solid looking plywood wall mm-hmm. that ringed the track. Well, I've got a big thank you. Properly scary. For my father, Nigel McKeon, who is a big Speedway fan, who brought me into the world loving Speedway also, but he competed in something sketchier than Speedway, which is called Cycle Speedway. Oh, that is sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. So, and then he did the cycle speedway, had a few too many falls and a few too many cuts Please and bruises here and there. cycle speedway because I do not know what that is. So essentially it's like having a velodrome, a very small velodrome where you'd have four people going hammer okay. down. And like, a velodrome is sketchy enough as it is. Exactly. And there is rubbing is racing when it comes to cycle speedway. And it's not banked, right? Uh, a I, little bit banked. Just a tiny bit? Just a tiny because bit, Because yeah. like I imagine this thing, it looks to me like, like a four square court. Yeah. Like it's a tiny, tiny little thing. Yeah. It's like a tiny roller derby rink with bicycles. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fair. And that's obviously Rubbin's racing, so nudges here and there, and then you're falling at cycling speeds. It's kind of hoodie. Yeah. And then he went on a 1960s Speedway bike, which is a little bit different to a 2018 Speedway bike. not that bike. different. Oh, it's a lot heavier. Let's put it that way. Yeah. A lot heavier. But really, the, I mean... The technology hasn't changed, just the weight. Yeah, it's really... I mean, it, that's, the, that's the incredible thing about Speedway, right? I mean, it, it's not like you'd get on a you know, 1960s Speedway bike and be competitive. Not even close. But you look at them, and they are a dead ringer. They're mm-hmm, a dead sure. ringer. I, I think if you were a... It, it's a pretty small displacement for Speedway. Okay. All right. I was thinking... I wasn't sure if it was like flat track, which is yeah, what, like 750 or something. But no, okay. it's... I mean, it's properly frightening. They're on very short tracks, mm-hmm. and uh, and they just, you know, all, all they want to do is get whacked wide open, especially if you're Greg Hancock's American FIM champion, by mm-hmm. the way. The world champion that most people somehow have never heard of comes from Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. Greg he, Hancock is the man. He's the man. And he's, he's still winning the game human. at 48 years old. Yeah. Unbelievable. Still going great guns. So, yeah, so Greg won a world championship as a young guy, like you'd imagine most mm-hmm. world champions do, and then, you know, kind of just did the thing, just did it and did it and did it, and then in his 40s came back and just just went barnstorming, just went won, I think, two in a row? Yeah. Two successive championships in a row. The yeah, guy's so he went, so he went three. I think it's three is what it is. Yeah. And he's just the sweetest human on the planet. Mm-hmm. But he's still in the top. He's still competing very heavily for the yeah, series. Yeah, like Four races in, I think. Handily top guy. Grand Prix. Yeah. And a great, great guy. Also a guest of the former podcast that should mm-hmm. not be named yeah and you were very excited and, for that one try and get him back on this one yeah, yeah. should do yeah I, I i can't think of like a a, a better him, representation of what makes motorcycling great than greg hancock him mm-hmm. and his son will top guys yeah yeah completely agree it's got to get him when he's here and not in sweden i know yeah he lives in sweden with uh yeah this kind of idyllic idyllic thing Sounds People nice. know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> because Speedway's a thing there. Hu- no, yeah. he, well, he's huge in the Czech Republic. Yeah. And Poland? Oh, he can't go in the streets in Poland. He is mobbed. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is. Oh, boy. He has what I've been riding. So for the last issue, uh, we had the, uh, the cleverly named uh, Kawasaki Ninja H2SXSE in the book. Yeah, and I'm pleased about Just that. Rolls off the tongue. It does. I would be uh, more pleased if I was the person that was writing it. We actually threw Zach Bowman on that thing, and I took to a Kawasaki jet ski. Presumably, once all the marijuana wore off, long, long <laughs> after. And how did you make that decision? Was it because of your preference to or your? Let history? me tell you. Let oh. me tell you how we made that decision. I said, "Hey Bowman, how would you like to race a jet ski against a?" Uh, Super, supercharged Kawasaki uh, Super Tour, the length of Lake Powell. And he wrote back, not, 
I would love to do that. Hey, thanks for the opportunity, boss. He wrote back, dibs on bike, like a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Because he knew what happened to me the last time I rode a jet ski in an endurance race, and Mm -hmm. it was horrible, and he wanted me to experience that again. Sure. Yeah. Because you always want the best for your boss. You really do. You must do. So, uh, so and he's, when is his uh, pay scheme coming up for renewal there in regards to maybe getting a performance <laughs> bonus? Yeah. He's a freelancer, so I, <laughs> I don't even There's know a reason for is. this. Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> I think we got to the bottom of the thing real quick. So we, uh, we raced a jet ski 310R against a Kawasaki H2 SXSE, the length of Lake Powell. For the jet ski, that's 140 miles. For the motorcycle, it's 230. Mm-hmm. And the motorcycle route, that's something you've heard of. It's Monument Valley. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's Escalante. It's like the most mm-hmm. beautiful countryside, country in the world. It's, it's Utah at its uh, Westworld brilliance. Uh, so red rock and, you know, towering plinths of stone that come up out of nowhere. It's staggeringly beautiful. And uh, Lake Powell, if you've never been, is haunting. One of the weirdest things we as people have ever done was damming up effectively the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And it, it's one of those. It's this giant canyon, mm-hmm. and now it's full of water, and uh, and it's staggeringly beautiful and surprising the entire time you're there. Like, uh, some Somebody was allowed to do this. Uh is the thing that's on my head sure. constantly. And uh and a jet ski 310R uh I, it's named that way because it's got 310 horsepower. It's clever. Yep. Clever naming. It can get out. Yep. It is a a startlingly fast thing. If you just jump on the throttle it's going to send you right over the back. Mm-hmm. Pass over tea kettle. It's uh it's pretty bitchin'. So this thing uh I'm not going to spoil the story for you or who won or anything like that, but uh I will tell you that jet skis are awesome. And that they consume a lot of gas. It's going to say it has a 20 something gallon tank and I had to fill it twice. (laughs) I had to fill it twice. We were we were going through 20 gallons of gas. And I guess it also probably goes you use a lot more petrol or gas in this case when you're probably using it to try to go as wide open as possible. And we're wide open almost the entire way. Yeah. 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 So it was using it used 20 gallons of gas in an hour. That makes sense. I mean, That's you know, the, the efficiency I don't know that you can do that with a fire. Yeah. <laughs> a fire hose is through 20 gallons in an hour. Yeah. No, well, the, there you go. There's a really? mark, mark no, for the... No, it goes more than that, I think. A mark for the efficiency yeah. of chain drive. Yeah. Right? No joke. Yeah. But how... Just for tell me as well, in particular, as well as our listeners, how do you go about setting up like that for the story? You put the story together, and then how do you go about like going to the people who you need to at Lake Powell to say, can we do this? What's this? What's the background of how does that work? I mean, the big project is getting, you know, talking Kawasaki into loaning us uh, you know, two, a, an extraordinary amount of their very best stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are, these are complicated machines and mm-hmm. we've got to take them out to Utah to a fairly harsh environment and then ride the bejesus out of them. Because sure. it's not like Bowman on the H2. Was going slow, I'm guessing. No. That's what I mean. So, yes, yeah, so there's yeah. that. The, so, Kawasaki's first. And who else was there, like, involved at all? That's it. Pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, lucky me, I, I get to make the call on the magazine side. So, uh, yeah, we, we basically showed up at Lake Powell, did a couple days of testing. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a giant lake. It's open for use. It's a, it's a national recreation area. Mm-hmm. So you, you have people out there going flat out all the time in jet boats and on jet skis. You know, it's, it's, it's big enough to accommodate that kind of thing. It's 140 miles long, man. Mm-hmm. From top to bottom, that's a lot of space. Sure. Yeah. And let me tell you, one of the weirder and more special things I've ever done is just pin it for an hour across this, like, beautiful, weird place. And there were parts of it that were, like, perfect class. Yeah, perfect glass. I've never seen anything. I I grew up in the Pacific Ocean. Sure. I've never seen anything like this. It was one of the most surreal things, like being able to sit down and relax and look around going 70 miles an hour with no helmet on, just a, you know, a wetsuit and sunglasses across this staggering place. And how was the suntan afterwards? Awesome. That's what we're looking for, really. Yeah, sure. That's the important See, thing. That's the big thing. Yeah. That's the important thing to walk away with. Is I got a little magazine is in color, after all. Yeah. Right, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And we did video, so Ooh, you, boy. Like, you can't cheat. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. A 35 wetsuit, it's not great. <laughs> not ideal. It's but not you great. look, uh, we've seen photos of you on a jet ski. I mean, that is, oh, that's some good stuff right there. Well, I do have long-ish hair, and it does blow in the wind. 
Like it's, an Adonis is what Carl described it's it as. It's receding rapidly. Is th- that or a spaniel? Yeah. <laughs> like a spaniel. Like a shorn spaniel. But it's a fast spaniel. <laughs> that's the best. That's the most important part. Of course. But yeah. That's what I've been riding. That's, well, uh, you know, that uh, I've got a, a BMW uh, 310. Oh, uh, how is that? By the garage. Way. It's good. It's good. I think there's, uh, I'll tell you what, the, the big revelation for me this year in the small bike segment has been the uh, Ninja 400. Really? Which is better than good. Hmm. It is, uh, you know, if I was doling out awards uh, right and left, uh, that would get one of them. Uh, maybe bike of the year. It's oh. a staggeringly good machine. We have a, uh, an annual family track day, so all the Cycle World guys and the motorcyclist guys and all uh-huh. of our assorted, you know, we've got UTV magazines and sure. all kinds of stuff. We invite uh, a bunch of people from the industry together, and we get together at a little track in Southern California and uh, ride everything that we've got. We happen to have a couple of these uh, Ninja 400s in the shop, and they were outstanding. I think everybody who was there who rode those things had as much fun riding the Ninjas as they did on anything, hmm. uh, leader bike, anything, especially racy. They're sure. just a, a really, really well set up little bike. All right. I like that. Yeah, I really I like the small bike thing. Like I rode the the Svart Pillin and Vit Pillin, like I said, and and those are both just hilarious. And I like the mini bike thing. One day, oh, someday, someday I can we'll dream. make it happen. When we've got the words in there, we've got the balls rolling. Yep. Well, I know a guy. You just got to outlive your wife. <laughs> oh, we just got to get. Oh, we just got to get Keanu to twist her arm. That's there is that plan yeah. B. So mini bikes in Southern California are a uh, a special thing mm-hmm. because we have that. You know, we, we don't have mini bike road racing, uh, all across this fair nation of ours, but mm-hmm. we do have a really strong mini bike racing scene in Southern California so much so that we've got two, uh, good accrediting bodies and, uh, and they each have a 24 hour mini bike enduro, a mini bike road racing enduro. I think one of the first times I met you, you, you had just done, or you were getting ready to do one of the mini bike enduros. Yeah, I did a uh, a twenty four hour it's on an my Aprilia. Aprilia. Yeah, yeah, I've got an Aprilia with a uh, poached Honda uh, XR one hundred engine in it. Okay, yeah, excellent, and it is perfection. <laughs> my first bike uh, was an Aprilia RS fifty, which is a two stroke. Yeah, and this is the RS fifty, which uh, has a Minarelli two stroke, which is fine, uh, replaced by a very reliable, robust. Uh, xr100 honda engine nice which makes it uh fantastic and also it has uh moto three tires on it because <laughs> we know some guys mm-hmm. and uh and if you put moto three tires on a little tiny bike like that it turns out that you can just throw it at whatever i like if, it if you have the stones you can turn that thing like nobody's business and you boys are both welcome to it well you would enjoy a mini bike 24 hour like nobody that i've known i do it for 48 hours that sounds like a really good send me back out there i'm ready to go back out that sounds like the way that i want to break a collarbone that's all i'm saying i you know what i dare you i will try i will will probably try my hardest to do that i dare you to break a collarbone mini bike racing because you know on these little you're racing on a go-kart track yeah Yeah, yeah, and these things have you know you're on a 50 or 100 or 125 and uh and they're all four strokes Mm -hmm. you Cannot get going that fast. <laughs> you you are you're pretty much at that collarbone breaking line. You could probably endo and but if I'm I skip sure, milk for a week, maybe. But yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm sure if we, my poor art director broke his collarbone mm-hmm. uh, at our at our recent track day, the one I was telling you about, and and uh, you know that looks that looks miserable. But he, he was, wasn't on a mini bike, though, was he? He was uh, on like something he is big. On a grown up six fifty. Exactly. And that's what I'm like. Just go the mini bike, the Grum Life. That's all I'm out. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, and you know, this guy's he's a you know he's a he's a rider, but he's not a, a super experienced track rider. Sure. And I was looking at this guy, thinking, you know, what would he, what would he have looked like if he'd fallen from half the distance, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe half the speed. At yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the brakes at the end of a straightaway, and he got it, you know, got tangled with somebody and went over the bars. Mm-hmm. And it's you know the very gentlest high side. Nothing on him was scratched. Sure, uh, the bike was a little rashed up, but it's it it's kind of a best case scenario crash, right? You know, his helmet got a little dinged, and mm-hmm. it just popped a collarbone. No, yeah, what happened? It, I don't think that's going to happen on a mini bike. No. Don't you know? Don't take, don't hold me to it. Well, challenge accepted. 
But I know, I know, Abby. His last year, I think he invited me to do that. Was it the M M one M one GP? Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe this year. Yeah, M one GP. We were talking about the weed story. Those guys helped uh, facilitate it. Oh, oh good there guys. Go. So yeah, good guys. So they they were curious too, and uh, and I really like that. I like when people are curious, and they showed up, and they said, you know, we've got a great relationship with this track, mm-hmm. and we have very similar, well set up, fifty uh, cc motorcycles. And we will put you on these things, and uh, and if it gets too crazy, we will be the uh, the voice of reason. Sure. And I really admire that. I, I think it's a yeah good good thing to do. M one GP twenty four hour uh, twenty four hour fifty cc race, James. I'm in. Do How it. How bad could it be? Right. Grace couldn't even say no because you're not even on a public road. Everyone's going the same direction, James. Well, we'll see. Most same, of the time. Yeah, unless something has gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in any case, Chris. Thank you for, for coming by the podcast. Hey, thank so you so nice much to for have having you, me. Uh, especially in advance of your human child. That's that's any any time now it could happen. I have been my phone makes me so nervous I've, right now. Are yeah. you prepared with the hot water and towels and ice? Is that a thing? <laughs> and a wooden is stick that for to me bite or down for my wife? I think I, well, I don't know, but that's what I understand from anything I've learned from watching TV and movies. From thanks to Hollywood to deliver a baby, all you need hot water, clean towels. And then apparently these days some ice. God, oh. I've just got. Well, you got to throw. Bourbon. You have to throw like a piece of like a like a stick. because no, I saw that much. on Robin Hood Min- uh, Prin- uh, Prince of Thieves. You have to bite the stick. You very nearly said men in tights. I did. Solid. <laughs> 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 We're gonna fox them. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for coming. And and if, if people want to find your uh, your work and 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 your presence online, where would they go to do oh, that? Boy, we're everywhere. But motorcyclistonline.com. And I suggest you go and subscribe. Yeah, because we're cheap, man. It yeah. is pretty cheap. Magazines are the best investment in the world, and we are trying so hard to make it the uh, best 14 or whatever dollars you spend in your life. Oh, yeah. I think I paid like $20 for two years or something. Kind it's of something like that. It is a... Yeah, I, I don't get why people don't subscribe to magazines. Well, they come in the mail. They don't bother you. And hard, so I find nice, it hard man. to throw them away when, when I'm done with them. So now I have a lot of... I've got a lot of road and track sitting in, in next to my desk. At, yeah, at I get that. I get that. Yeah. I I give them away is what I do. Yeah, that's or smart. I leave. You know what? You can leave them at coffee shops. Oh, there you go. Hot, hot, hot tick. And if you do, leave them with those little blowing things in mm-hmm. there. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's hard because I'll, I'll I'll be yeah I you know I'm not the kind of guy that shakes it out before I get it you know but they always they always come out at me. I totally shake it out before I get it. Well, someone's you know you should see my hallway man. <laughs> Just leave him in there. Just leave it's good. In it helps when you try to do the the Tom Cruise risky business thing. Is you slide. slide on those? It's a friction reducer. Yeah, which is important. I just imagine you in a towel. Yep. In your communal hallway. Yep. Yep. Get every mail. time. That's right. Just strutting out. It's the worst thing is when that towel falls down though. Oh. Every time. Every time. That's especially right. just about to get to the door. He's put the key in and he's already got the post. And the pizza the man shows up. Oh, and, it's uh, yeah. happened more than once. Boy, and on that it. note. Yeah. James, where do people find you and, and all of your, your fine stuff? Well, people can find me at nobreaking.com. That's N-O-B-R-A-K-I-N-G. Also, no breaking on Instagram and Facebook. And because we've got the special guest we haven't mentioned today, they can also find Kiwi mm. at Kaiju Kiwi on Instagram, K-A-I-J-U-K-I-W-I. But Kyle, where can they find your paid work where uh, they pay you the big bucks for those right. clams? That's right. We're in the place where they send me places that are cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That place. Yeah, that is theroadshow.com. And uh, we are a uh, sort of technology-focused transportation blog for CNET. It's awesome. We do a lot of cool stuff. Big into magnesium. I'm big a, into magnesium. I'm a big fan. I called. Uh, I called Elon Musk a golden calf uh, yesterday. So I'm trying to trying to do God's work here. How'd that sure. go? Pretty good. <laughs> Did Elon re- respond to you over tweeting and texting? Is that what happened? Not yet, but I, I just coming. I just assume that every time he shouts journalists, that it's he it's means you. me. Yeah. Uh, and, and what then, about your cats? Oh Kyle. boy, there's so there's so much going on there always. Uh, but you can find uh, them. someone. One of our dedicated listeners is really wants to know more about your cat. Shout out Radar Mac Dave. Uh, you can uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram and, and the cats, of course, uh, and uh, also on Twitter because I'm now pretty much contractually obligated to do that. Uh, at Kyle J Hyatt, that's Hyatt, like the hotel. No relation. Send money. And but more importantly, Kyle, what should our listeners do? They should probably subscribe if they haven't already. Um, and if they have subscribed, what else should they do? They should find somebody else who hasn't, and then take their phone when they're not looking. Maybe they've gone into the bathroom. Maybe it's going to be a while. Maybe you unlock their phone and you subscribe surreptitiously. 
I couldn't agree more. They'll thank you. And then also, um, you know, maybe give us a, a nice review. Tell us... A very positive review. Tell us what we're doing uh, well and not well. Tell us how uh, much you like James's haircut. He's very, very fond of that. And um, yeah, just generally keep keep listening to what we're doing. We really appreciate you guys. And, and we um, need more of those five-star reviews. I mean, we, we legitimately want more than five stars, but we unfortunately, Apple's rating system is only five stars. So yeah. we're just confined to that, but we need to have the five. In that particular instance, the system is totally peeing in our Wheaties. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you so much again. And uh, we'll be back at you next Wednesday with some different people, probably. Likely. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, when do you do take my phone? 